As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Hey guys, it's Friday night, and we're wrapping up our series on the 23rd Psalm, and I'm here tonight with Maxime and Denise and Joel. Guys, we've had such a good time on the 23rd Psalm. Oh, Rick, it's been amazing. It's just been amazing. Why has it been amazing? Well, we're reading a lot of scripture. Uh, and of course, the Word of God, it always clothes us with power and with encouragement and strength. But what we're learning about God's hand upon us is so powerful. Maxine, what have you gotten out of it? Well, uh, you were talking about the word anointing. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the word chrio, that God massages us kind of with, with his anointing. And I was thinking about the word Christos. Mm -hmm. And the word chriu is a verb, which means to anoint. Right. And the, the word Christos, uh, people started, started using this word even before Jesus came to earth. And uh, people were using this word, word Christos, for thousands of years, even before Jesus came to earth. And they were using this word uh, for a healing balm or medicine. So whenever a person would go into a store and he needed to buy a healing balm, or medicine, he would say, please, I'm here to buy some Christos. Mm. Can you imagine that? I, I guarantee you, I can prove it, I have documents. So the word Christos was used even before Jesus was born on this earth for a healing balm. So when Jesus came into your life, wow. a healing balm came into your life. Mm. The word Christos mm. started being used even before Jesus came to this earth. Mm. So people were prepared when Jesus came and he became Christos for us, that word was already in use. That is powerful. Thank you, Maxine. Thank and you, Maxine. I, you were talking about David, and I was, I was thinking about what you were saying. And the process, is, the process is so important. You talked about Saul, how he became king without going through the process of preparation. Right. right. The process of preparation is so important. Saul became king very fast, and he failed. David, it took him so much time from the moment of his first anointing, how you were mm -hmm. saying it. You said three times he was anointed. Mm -hmm. So when he was anointed for the first time, he was not ready. The second time, he was not completely ready because he was becoming king step by step, mm -hmm. like part of the kingdom, then another part of the kingdom. So the process is so important. Some people want to get everything at once. Don't try to get everything at once. Go through the process. The worst example of getting everything at once is a prodigal son. Prodigal son. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get everything at once. He did not want to go through the process. So if you want to get everything at once, if you get everything at once, there is a risk. You can become a prodigal, prodigal son because you're not ready to receive everything that God wants to give you. Go through the process. Be patient. That's what I wanted to say. You know, Denise and I have a lot of friends in ministry, and, and, and honestly, God's blessed us. We know a lot of very famous people, and they're truly our friends. And sometimes people think that they just had overnight successes. They didn't. There are years and years and years when nobody knew their names, when they were just sticking by the stuff, doing what God called them to do. Nobody else was watching, but God was watching. And the process is very, mm -hmm. very important. And it's not always enjoyable. But you know what? I'm so grateful for all the process because that's where your character is built. That's where you're really tried in the fire. And, you know, there's something interesting about fire. 
My sister is a porcelain painter. And do you know, it's truly amazing. A piece of porcelain can have cracks. And when you paint porcelain, it's, it's really ugly. It's terrible. It's, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. But when you put it into the fire, a sustained, a sustained fire for a certain amount of time heals all the cracks. The cracks go away, and it causes that paint to come alive. It's dull when you put it into the fire, but the fire removes the cracks, strengthens the piece, and brings out all the color. And I think that, you know, me and Denise, we've been through a lot of fires in our life, and guess what? Oh, that's been so good for us. And by the way, they weren't sent by the Lord. I'm not saying God sends the fire, just fire happens in life. But if you respond to it correctly, it makes you stronger. It just brings out such richness and such color. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm really not regretful for much. I'm thankful for everything. Which, by the way, that's why you have that book in your hand. Yes, Rick. And I wanted to share a story, though. Okay. Okay, many, many, again, many, 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 many years ago, uh, because it's been like 40 or some, Rick and I started out in the ministry and traveling around the world, traveling around the United States. And so I was singing and people were commenting on my singing and praying for people and people were getting healed and and I began to think oh I'm really something you know and I should get more recognition and it, I mean it just inside of me and then Rick he shared this message about the three anointings that we heard yesterday and I realized that I had a long way to go. Denise, you remember when I taught that many, many years ago? In the exact church. You said many, many too. Where were we? The man with the gold chain. Okay. What is that supposed to mean? That's all we need to say. That's another story. <laughs> That's another story. That's another story, but but God was so gracious to me, and and he really did. And, of course, I was taught that saying from my mother, you put the cart before the horse, and and... I I really was putting the cart before the horse and to recognize that I just started and I had a long way to go. Okay, what's in your hands? <laughs> what is in my hands? You want to know what's in my hands? I do. Okay. I know what's in your hands. What's in my hands is our autobiography. And Rick Renner wrote every word that's in this huge book. And it's <laughs> filled with stories. It's, it's filled with our story. It's filled with many other people's story, history. But there's great teaching in this book. And I think it's really important, Rick, that we understand that God does use the unlikely because we tend, it, as life comes at us, or maybe it's just our personality or the way we were raised, we tend to say, well, he can use me a little bit, but never as much as he does that other person. No, no, no. God uses the unlikely. And that's what this book's about. Oh, I hope you get it. I really do. We wrote it for you. And it will encourage you. It's a lot of fun stories, but the teaching in that book, 
I mean, Denise, really, that's like, that's like the size of other people's maybe five or six books. But it's just loaded with teaching. And you know what? If you put together all the days I took to write that book, I guess it was about somewhere between 60 and 80 days. It came out pretty fast. But anyway, order yours. And right now we're also offering you the last day today. Our series called Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. And Joel, what about the study guide? This is our wonderful study guide right here. You can get it for free at renter.org. Today's the last day we're offering it for free as a download. But my friends, I have enjoyed this thoroughly. You know, Psalms 23 is not very long, but we have been talking about it for 10 programs. That's like five hours. I think it's just wonderful. I have loved every minute of it. Oh, it's been so enjoyable. And we're also offering you Tony Cook's little book called Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The Blessings of an Empowered Life. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you, Denise. You promised me. I'll give it to you when the program's over. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) All right, let's go back to the 23rd Psalm tonight. We're going to go to verse 6. And in verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I call this God's supernatural promise. Mm. And notice how David begins. What word does he begin with? Surely. 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 He was making it emphatic, absolutely emphatically, categorically, he says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. David did not say maybe. He said surely. He didn't say perhaps or I hope Mm-mm. so. He said surely. You know, that's kind of like in Russia whenever you say something. Konyeshna. He said konyeshna. Kind of like, of course. Didn't you know? And you're like, well, <laughs> I, I guess I should have. So, you know, if you read the Psalms, sometimes David had to give himself a good talking to. And, you know, sometimes it's wise to speak to yourself. And in Psalm 103, we find an example of this. Psalm 103 verses, well, let's look at verses 2 to 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Most people know that verse and they love it. Some of us even sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I mean, that's a song the charismatic world has sung for years. Mm-hmm. But most people miss that David really was giving himself a pep talk. David says, Bless the Lord, what? O oh, my soul. Well, what is your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. Your soul is where you can get emotional. Your soul is where you can get upset. Your soul is where you can be discouraged. Your soul is where you can be fearful. And David, as we saw, was surrounded by enemies so much of his life. And there were times when David kind of had a pity party. I mean, you have to just read the book of Psalms and you can see it's very encouraging to find out even King David had pity parties. Mm -hmm. And when you come to this verse, he's speaking to his emotions. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's equivalent to saying, soul, sit up straight and act right. Get over it. Soul, listen. I'm going to speak to my soul. I'm going to remind myself of the truth. He's speaking to his soul. Bless. He really means bless the Lord, soul. soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Denise, sometimes we just have to speak to ourselves. Absolutely. You know, Rick, when... David was at Ziglag, and it was burned down in First Samuel chapter 30. And all of his men's children and wives had been kidnapped. The city was burned down. 
and it says that the men, they were so upset that they lost everything that they cried and cried and they couldn't cry anymore. And then they decided together that they were going to stone David. I mean, this is not a good day for David. And what it says that David did, the first thing before he even asked the Lord one thing, he encouraged himself in the Lord. That means he spoke to his soul. He spoke to his soul. Well, I understand this because I've had to speak to my soul many times. Oh, and me too. There are some times when I wake up in the morning and I'm laying there and I'm thinking, I don't want to do what I have to do today. So what do I do? I speak to my soul. You know what I say to my soul? I say, Rick Renner, you are blessed to do what you're going to do today. You are blessed. You are blessed that you can stand in front of a camera. You are blessed that God gave you a mind that can exegete. You are blessed that you can speak. You are blessed that you have health. You are blessed that you have lost weight. You are blessed that God redeemed your life from destruction. I speak to myself. Now, Denise has never heard me have that conversation because it's not for her. It's for my soul. I speak to myself. I like what Denise's mother used to say. What did Nora say? She said, you've got the same shoes to get glad in as that you got sad in. She used to say it all the time. <laughs> kind of, you'd kind of want to slap her when she'd say it. <laughs> You're being mealy mouth. She's you got the same shoes to be glad in that you got sad in. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> That is, that's really the truth. It is. And sometimes you just need to give yourself a good talking to. You know what I say? You can do it. Come on, Joel. You can do it. That's the way I say it. You can do it. Just one more step. It's just one more day. Come on. Just get started. Once you get started, you'll get going. What do you do, Maxine? I was thinking. I was sitting and thinking. Just praying tongues, I guess. Ah! Maxime is more spiritual than the rest of us. Well, that's good. That's, that's a great good. thing. That's a great thing. That's part of it, by the way. Because sometimes you don't want to pray in tongues. And you kind of have to speak to yourself to pray in tongues. You know what? There's a wonderful poem written by a friend of mine named Margaret Wills. And the name of the poem is Talking Back. Mm -hmm. And in the poem she says, When my mind speaks to me, I will answer it and tell it what to do. Because if all you do is sit around and listen to yourself, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I guarantee it. You have to talk to yourself. Actually, the name of the poem is Talking Back. Yes. You have to talk back to yourself. And that's what David's doing here. He's blessed the Lord, soul. He's not trying to be poetic. He's trying to stir himself. He's down. He says, okay, soul, get with it. It's time for you to remember a few things. Forget not all his benefits. Quit being so mealy-mouthed. He's forgiven you all your iniquities. He has healed all your diseases. He's redeemed your life from destruction, not once, over and over and over. He has crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Then in verse 5, 6, and 8, he says, Who has satisfied your mouth with good things, so many good things you need to lose weight. He's been really good to you. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Honey, I can testify that. Look at us. We've never been stronger and more full of zest for life than right now. I'm telling you, the older we get, the better we get. My friend, don't surrender to the lie 
that you would wind down because you're getting older. The best wine is always the end. Your best days should be the last part of your life. You've got so much to give. You know so much. And David said, thy youth is renewed like the eagles. But you have to embrace that because if you listen to yourself, it's like I have a dear friend right now and he's saying to himself all the time, he's younger than me. I'm just getting old. And you know what? He's getting old. But you know those eagles, that process they go through, it's painful. It is painful. It's really painful. But you have to embrace it. You have to choose your pain. Well, my youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed, which means when you feel like you're down in your luck and everybody's against you, you need to remind yourself the Lord is faithful. You've got to speak to your soul. This is not the end of my story. The Lord is righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. That's not all. Listen to verses 9 to 12. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins. Well, we could just stop right there. What if God had dealt with us after our sins? He did not. We have so much to be thankful for. We just need to give ourselves a pep talk. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. What if you got what you really had coming to you? But you didn't. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. So much mercy that Ephesians 2 verse 4 says he's rich in mercy. That word rich from the Greek word plusias, it describes one so filthy, stinking, rich, he can't figure out how much money he has. God has so much mercy. God himself isn't even sure how much he's got because he's never found the end of his mercy and it's all available to you. Can I say something right there, yeah. Rick? And uh, Lamentations chapter 3 says that the mercies of God are brand new every morning. Every morning. Like they're not used up from yesterday. They are, when remodeled, they are brand new, never been before. And then it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So and then in verse 13 and 14, it says, as a father pitieth his children, the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, which means when we're not doing too well, God might be easier on us than we are on ourselves. He looks at us and says, God bless them. What can I expect? They're just dust. <laughs> I think God's glad when we do anything good. And then in verse 17 and 18, the mercy of the Lord is from what? Everlasting to everlasting. Everlasting to those that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. So in verse 3, we have the forgiveness of all sin. In verse 3, the healing of all diseases. Verse 4, redemption from destructive forces. Verse 4, loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, a life satisfied with good things. Verse 5, your youth renewed like the eagles, but you've got to embrace it. Number six, righteousness and justice. Number eight, mercy and grace. Number 10, patience. Number 11, forbearance and forgiveness. Verse 12, forgetting and removing all your sins. That's not all. 
Verse 13, compassion and pity for you. He understands you're made of dust. Verse 14, again, understanding your human condition. And verse 18, faithfulness to his covenant with you. And I've written down here, when David was overwhelmed by the challenging circumstances he was facing, he forgot all these wonderful blessings. To lift his spirit, he began to remind himself of all these things and then rehearse them out loud. He began speaking to himself. That's the hardest part, I think. So he could hear it. I think sometimes we don't want to hear what... You know, you need to speak to yourself sometimes, and that's what we're talking about. Yep. But sometimes... You think, I can just think it to myself. I don't need to say it. But what you hear yourself say is very important. It's really important what you say about yourself out loud because your ears will pay attention. Well, you believe more about what you say about yourself than you do what others say about well, you. What's the principles of Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. If you say a bunch of negative stuff all the time and your ears hear it, you're going to begin to believe all that. If you start speaking good things, you're going to believe it. What you hear is what you believe. Faith comes from what you hear. Maxine? Amen. Rick, you were saying about um, when you went through this whole list uh, about you, one of them you said, but you have to, oh, you, uh, your youth renewed like the eagles. Right. And you said, but you have to embrace it. You do. Well, I thought, you got to embrace, embrace everything here. You do. I've if, heard about every bit of it. If you don't decide to embrace it, it just remains as words in a book called the Bible, in a special book called Psalms 103. But if you embrace it, it becomes reality in your life. You know, you can just sit around just down in the dumps. Or you can decide to get out of the dumps. And David said, I'm going to speak to my soul. And that's what you have to do. And he goes on and says, surely. I like mm -hmm. that word, surely. Not maybe, not perhaps, not maybe. Uh -huh. it's, his, it's his declaration. Uh -huh. And you know what, Denise? I make that declaration. You know, I'm very positive about life. And I've had plenty of reasons not to be. But I've made a choice that God is good, and I'm going to live his goodness in my life. And guess what? We do. And David says, surely. You have to declare it emphatically. Surely goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow me. Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David emphatically and without question envisioned and believed two things which follow him all of his life. Goodness. And mercy. And mercy. You know, there's a famous story about a, a preacher who... A woman came to him and she wasn't just mentally whole. And she imagined the two people were following her all the time. And he said, you know what it is? It's goodness and mercy. She really believed there were two characters following her. And she was just traumatized. He said, it's goodness and mercy. That's goodness and mercy. They're, they're following you everywhere you. It set that woman free. She left believing the goodness and mercy were trailing her everywhere she went. Praise God. <laughs> I choose to believe that they're following me everywhere I go. Well, Rick, in the Hebrew, it means not just that they're just like following you from 10 feet behind. They're in hot pursuit of you. Hot pursuit of you. Well, Mama, 
Are you a Hebrew scholar now? No, I just remember it from a very smart man when we were in the Baptist church. Well, you're a very Stanley. smart lady. Remember that. Don't you remember that, Rick? I do. And actually, it's written right here in the notes. <laughs> right here it says, what's <laughs> interesting is the original <laughs> meaning of the Hebrew is Follow. hunt down just like a hunter tracks down an animal. Well, we said it a little bit different. But the point is, the study He's, guide is loaded. Well, the study guide's loaded, but goodness and mercy are in hot pursuit of you. Joe, how can our home group get that study guide? I'm telling you what, home group, we're having a blast here tonight. <laughs> really, we are. And I hope you're having fun with us. But you can go to renter.org and you could download this study guide for free today. It's the last day we're offering it for free as a download. And I hope you do. I hope you would get it and just enjoy it forever. Because really, Psalm 23 is a place of so many rich, rich words that David shared with us. And next week, we're going to start on 10 powerful women. We're even going to talk about women in the ministry. Is it okay for women to preach? What does the Bible really say? We're going to find out. But right now, it's time to go to bed. Go to bed and sleep in the peace of God. Your sleeping medication is Psalm 4, verse 8. It says, I will both lay me down and, and sleep, sleep in peace, and the Lord me. will keep me safely. Go to bed and sleep well. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.